Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, BBN? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky Podcast. My name is Vinny Hardy. We got another fun episode for you. We'll talk about a return to voluntary workouts, the loss of a Kentucky basketball coach, the loss of a Kentucky linebacker. Those are kind of our talking points. We'll hit those here over the next few minutes. Definitely appreciate y'all taking the time to check out the show, to give it a listen on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Go ahead and hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, and you'll get each episode straight to your device. Interested in advertising on the show? Go straight to Believe.com. Let them know about the business or product that you'd like to advertise on Believe in Kentucky. Once again, my name is Vinny Hardy. Follow me on Twitter at Vinny Hardy, Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y, on Instagram at Hardy V. So, yeah, I didn't keep it uniform across the board, but oh well. Hit me up on social media anyway. The main thing I guess we want to hit is the return of voluntary workouts. June the 1st, uh, athletes are allowed to return. The SEC uh, set theirs for June the 8th, voluntary workouts. Football, basketball, athletes can return and and begin to resume practices and workouts in their respective sports. You just hope everything goes well. Hopefully there's no second wave. Hopefully nobody gets it. Everybody's excited for football. It's that summertime. You're looking forward to the upcoming season. You just want everything to go off without a hitch. Some still have reservations. Maybe things moving too fast, things opening too soon, still cases, still curve, maybe not flattened like it should be. But we see, you know, conferences are going along and then moving on. Professional leagues are looking to make moves to move on. So if that's the case, you just hope it happens without a hitch. Maybe they're skipping steps. You just hope it goes as smooth as possible. You see football returning. It's it's definitely a lot of economics to it. Uh, Drew Franklin put out a cool article on KSR. You're getting football players back even before you get students back. Don't call them amateurs because the revenue from football is going to be relied on to keep things afloat. Um, we want y'all back to save our budget, but eh, we we still not really want to pay the players. So he, he really laid that out pretty succinctly in a nice article. Um, and that is what it is. That you know, Everybody wants sports back, but let's, let's call it like it is. Football is, is carrying things, keeping it afloat. They should be getting a piece of the pie. Um, but like I said, if it's going to go down, you hope it goes down as smooth as possible. No doubt the players want to play. Most players are going to be excited to get back at it anyway. So you hope it goes as smooth as it possibly can. When it does resume, Kentucky will be without an up-and-coming linebacker, Chris Oates. News came out a few days ago that uh, – He's going to be out for the season. It's an undisclosed medical issue. His family wants to keep it private. Uh, 
Uh, he'll be leaving the hospital and headed to a rehab facility. And you know, saw a lot of coaches and players and teammates with thoughts and prayers on social media. Uh, lots of concern about his situation, about everything he's going through, having to deal with. Puts things in perspective. The whole football angle is shoved to the back burner. We're talking about uh, a young man just making it and, and surviving and getting through to be able to continue to live life. Not worried about uh, how many tackles a game you know, that won't be showing up every weekend when Kentucky does get back on the football field and play games. So the natural thing to want to do is speculate. What is it? What's the matter? What's what's going on with him? The family wants that private. Got to respect that. Not sure what the injury is. They did make sure to emphasize the fact that it was not COVID-19 related, which in these crazy upside down, topsy-turvy times full of upheaval, that's good news. Because in addition to speculating, that would be one of the first things people want to speculate about. Oh, does he have Corona? Does he have COVID-19? Thankfully, that can be ruled out. Chris Oates does not have COVID-19, but he does have a serious medical issue that his family wishes to keep private. So that's all that you know. Your curiosity wants to get the best of you, of you and you want to be nosy, can't do it. Uh, even saw some, I don't know if it was a tweet or what, but that maybe it was an embarrassing injury, an injury that you just don't want to be known. And that that could be possible. I mean, I had to miss time in school, had to have surgery, and you didn't want all your business in the street. It could be that. It doesn't matter whatever it is. Hopefully he makes it through and is able to recover. It's definitely a dark time, a serious time, a time of concern for his health as a person. Uh, much less whatever happens when he's able to preserve football. That's perspective right now. Rules out. Now, not to be callous, no doubt, the football team will have that next man up approach. We'll have uh, an opportunity for somebody else, whoever it is, uh, to be able to step in and, and try to show that they can fill Chris Oates' shoes. Um, and this is kind of in a line of jolting injuries or scenarios that have happened these past few years. Uh, had Landon Young get hurt before the season a couple years ago. Uh, Devontae Robinson missed the season. You have this now with Chris Oates where he's going to miss the season. Uh, Terry Wilson got hurt in the second game of the season last year. You know, Drew Barker got hurt against Florida. Uh, early in his career as well. So when you think about Drew Barker and that adversity, starting with Drew Barker, leading up to now the situation with Chris Oates, en route to improving the program and turning things around, they have handled this adversity fairly well. Uh, I called in to Mark Stoops' call-in show just as a fan couple years ago, I think after the first or second seven and five season. And I just asked him, you know, straight up, because we all know this is his first 
job as a head coach here at Kentucky. He had been a coordinator, you know, position coach, steps right in at Kentucky as a head coach. He didn't coach at some smaller school and then step into Kentucky as the head coach. And I just asked him, I said, have you uh, faced anything that's, that's caught you off guard, anything that surprised you, any curveballs that, you know, kind of made your knee buckle, anything like that? And he said he had nothing he had faced up to that point in time had caught him off guard or surprised him or kind of rocked him or anything like that. He was ready for everything that had come his way up to that point in time. So that was, you know, an honest answer. You know, you're preparing for it all these years and you get there and you now you move over to that chair without any experience being in that chair, said that he had been prepared for everything that had come his way. Uh, a couple of things that, you know, since then that might have, rocked you to say the least you had the article that Alex Scarborough wrote on ESPN.com when he went to do a story on Lynn Bowden instead ended up writing about Josh Paschal and and John Schlarman both of them going through their cancer uh, situations at the same time Coach Schlarman still dealing with and still being treated Uh, Paschal currently cancer free but the fact that Coach Stoops heard about both of those guys situations within minutes of one another uh that's gotta hit you pretty hard and you remember his press conference when he had just learned that uh, you could tell he, he was a little bit shook so for him and that staff and those players to be able to handle all of that in addition to continuing to try to make inroads and improvements and carve out respect for yourself in the sec uh, is very commendable uh it's a testament to the job that everybody has done and is continuing to look to do. So definitely want to send out good thoughts to Chris Oates. It's definitely a trying time right now uh, and hope that he can just get fully recovered from a health standpoint. Then worry about getting back on the football field after his health is back the way it should be after the rehab and get through this dark situation that he is in. So we talked about Chris Oates. We have talked about the return to voluntary workouts on June the 8th, and we hope that goes smooth. Same thing, everything with Chris Oates goes smooth as well. Kentucky also lost a basketball coach. Uh, Eddie Sutton, who was at Kentucky from 1985 to 1989, passed away at the age of 84. Um, He went on to coach at Oklahoma State after Kentucky. He was at Creighton in Arkansas before coming to Kentucky. And the 1986 team, that's one I, I vaguely remember. You know, like Eddie was seven. No, I was seven when Eddie got hired. Uh, I was like 11 when he left. Of course, everybody knows the circumstances which forced him to resign. Uh, Kentucky ended up being on probation. There was the money for Emmanuel and and payment and the Kentucky Shame Sports Illustrated. Um, And they got themselves in some trouble. 
if you hadn't heard me say this before, I've said it, any school can act a fool at any time. Kentucky was acting a fool back then and had to pay the consequences at the hands of the SEC. So they were on probation following that after Eddie leaves, when Patino comes in, couldn't be on TV, had postseason bans. All of that was in the works at that time. I remember vaguely, like I was a kid, I remember Rex Chapman's time there. I remember Eddie Sutton on the sideline a little bit. I remember the tail end of Joe B. Hall in 84, that that final four uh, where they lost to Georgetown. So there's bits and pieces that I remember. Um, kind of starting with Patino on going forward, I remember things more and more clearly as I was getting a little bit older. But I had the privilege to be able to talk to some former cats that have you know played for Eddie Sutton. You know, Kenny Walker was on that 86 team. Reggie Hansen, his career was kind of split right down the middle. His first two years were for Eddie Sutton. Last two years there with Rick Pitino, Eddie was able to be notified or at least know that he was going to be going into the uh, Naismith Hall of Fame before he passed away. So that is good. A lot of people thought he had been in a few years sooner, should have been in a few years sooner. Uh, but at least he knew he was going in before he passed. Some people, you know, go in posthumously and, and you hate the fact that they didn't make it while they were alive. So at least Eddie knew that he was going into the Hall of Fame. Um, it was, you know, the rough, shaky, embarrassing times. Other fan bases were taking joy in the fact that Kentucky had gotten themselves in trouble. Uh, a lot of players leaving the program. Rex Chapman left early. A lot of guys transferred. You know, the team... Didn't have a lot of talent there when Brick Patino came in. Um, and it was just a just a rough time. Everybody knows that Sports Illustrated article, the Kentucky Shame, is still mentioned. So you you can't act like that didn't happen. Because it did. It's part of Kentucky's history. Eddie Sutton was a good coach. By all accounts, he was a good coach. He had some personal struggles. He had the scandal while he was at Kentucky. On the surface, if you step back and look at it from a broad distance, uh, it's kind of been jokingly said that Kentucky's coaching history has kind of repeated itself. You have a great coach, a legendary coach. You have a good coach that follows that legend. And then you have a coach that has demons or, or off-court issues and that's kind of happened twice uh, in those cycles you had Adolph Rupp great legendary followed by Joe B. Hall who was good solid the generation that's older than myself sometimes isn't that thrilled with some of the Joe B. years and Eddie Sutton comes in and he has issues and the demons and you know, things of that nature. Good coach, but he had his share of uh, struggles, if you will. The cycle repeats itself. Rick Pitino, great job, legendary job, turning things around, winning a national championship. Should have had another one in 97, possibly. 93 team goes to the Final Four, unforgettables against Duke. Pitino is followed by Tubby Smith. 
solid, very good, wanted in 98. I've said it many times. His perception of his era would have been totally different had he made it to a few more Final Fours if he could have gotten past some of those Elite Eight losses. And then Tubby is followed by Billy Gillespie, who, like Eddie Sutton, has off-the-court struggles, um, personal demons that you're trying to battle while at the most prestigious basketball program in the country. I've seen comparisons to Billy Gillespie and Eddie Sutton, but the parallels end there. They, they both had personal demons, both had things they were fighting. But as coaches, they can't be compared. Eddie Sutton at Creighton was 82 and 50. Goes to Arkansas and is there for a decade. He is 260 and 75 at Arkansas and took him to a Final Four. Then he comes to Kentucky from 85 to 89. Billy Gillespie, all total, is 158 when he gets the Kentucky job. Eddie Sutton is 342 and 125. Billy Gillespie had a horrible year at UTEP, won six games. The following year, he won 24 games at UTEP. Um, then he had three solid years at Texas A&M. Beats Kentucky, I'm sorry, beats Louisville in the tournament in Rupp, which kind of probably got everybody infatuated with him more than they should have been. Hindsight 2020, truth be told. But just the resume, the accomplishments that Eddie Sutton had under his belt, compared to what Billy Gillespie had under his belt at both of their times taking the Kentucky job, it's a big difference, a big difference between the two. So um, the legendary coach, good coach, coach with issues, those parallels are the same. But to actually try to say that Billy was on Eddie's level across the board, that's that's not right because Eddie was a much better coach, much more accomplished coach coming into his time and being hired by Kentucky than, than Billy Gillespie ever thought about being. Um, but Mitch Barnhart and, and the administration nipped it in the bud. Billy Gillespie only had two years. They didn't dwell on that mistake. They didn't let the mistake ride and fester. They quickly made a change after two years where you could see that this wasn't going to be headed in the right direction at all. So just a few things we want to hit on on this latest episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Definitely want y'all to continue to keep listening. Hit us up on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify. Thank y'all for rating the podcast, hitting it up with the five stars. Got some cool comments as well. Cosmo Girl, Big Blue 82. Appreciate y'all's kind words on iTunes. Everybody follow and subscribe, and we will continue to have lots of fun on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Until next time, this is Vinny Hardy. Y'all stay safe, BBN. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your evening. Stay safe and healthy.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.